0: Hi, and welcome to The Checkup, the Colorado Health Institute's podcast about health in Colorado and the policies that affect it. I'm your host, Jackie Zubricki. This is the very first episode of The Checkup. We're planning to explore a range of topics in this podcast, including what health issues come up in the legislature and what health looks like in different Colorado communities. But we're starting with something a little different. Our first few episodes are going to take a deep dive into Colorado's Medicaid program and into one new development in particular. Colorado is trying to help residents on Medicaid get access to more efficient and effective health care. One way it's doing that is by introducing regional accountable entities, or RAIS, that will manage physical and behavioral health services and help patients with their long-term needs. The RAIS launched in July of 2018. There are seven RAE regions, each in a specific part of Colorado. Two organizations are managing two regions, so there are five RAE organizations in all. The states also created incentives to help these RAEs reduce costs and improve the quality of care. It's all part of a bigger reform effort known as the Accountable Care Collaborative, and you can read more about that on our website, coloradohealthinstitute.org, in a paper called The Ways of the Rays. We talked to the leaders of the Rays throughout Colorado to understand how they are moving forward with the plan and what they hope to achieve. Those interviews make up the first six episodes of our podcast. Our first interview is with Laurel Karabatsis, Deputy Director of Colorado's Medicaid program. She spoke with Jeff Bontrager, CHI's Director of Evaluation and Research.
1: Laurel Carabazos, welcome. Thank you for being here. We want to start with a question about what drives you personally to do the work that you do at the Colorado Department of Healthcare Policy and Financing and specifically within the state's Medicaid agency.
2: You know, for me, what really drives my work um, is just working hard, doing a good job, and seeing the results of what we're able to do. The fact that we are able to have a positive impact on more than a million members, their families, and the communities they live in by improving access to health care and the care that they receive is really motivating to me.
1: The regional accountable entities represent a pretty big shift in Colorado's Medicaid program, and it's all part of this sort of second step the, called phase two within the Accountable Care Collaborative, or ACC. Could you talk a little bit about how the Rays fit into the overall vision of the ACC and, and Colorado's Medicaid program?
2: You know, seven or eight years ago when we embarked on this project, um, we uh, thought a lot about healthcare and Medicaid and what needed to happen and uh, felt like there were many areas that needed solutions because of the rising cost of healthcare and the fragmentation of the system and the complex needs of our clients. Um, but we felt that trying to solve all those issues at one time was not a reasonable solution for colorado so we intentionally designed a program that would be iterative by starting with a primary focus and then moving from there so the first phase of our program was really focused on primary care and ensuring that all Medicaid members had a focal point of care or a trusted primary care provider. Um, And with phase two, we are, are moving on and building on from that initial vision and now really integrating behavioral health into uh, the structure of our program. And that is the key role that the Rays will have, in that they will be one uh, accountable entity responsible for both physical and behavioral health in the Medicaid program.
1: So you mentioned reducing costs. Uh, I know one of the other aims of the Rays is to improve the health of Coloradans that are enrolled in in the Medicaid program. What are some of the ways that you think the ACC will be able to accomplish those goals of reducing costs and also improving health?
2: Well, from the beginning of our program, our goals were just that, to try to improve health and reduce costs. And under the first seven years of the program, we've been successful in making progress toward these goals. Um, But we really believe that having one accountable entity for both physical and behavioral health will increase the ability of our regional organizations to achieve those goals. Um, Combining the administration of physical and behavioral health allows the Rays to treat the whole person in a more effective and efficient manner. It removes some of the fragmentation and silos between systems and will hopefully improve communication and the exchange of information that's needed to reach out to and treat our members. Um, More specifically, we've also changed a number of our policies in areas that we think will help reduce costs and improve health. For example, we're now allowing short-term behavioral health services in the primary care setting. Um, We believe this improves access to services where the individuals seek their care and will prevent more costly services down the road um, and improve uh, both physical health and behavioral health outcomes by getting individuals the behavioral health support they need we've also added requirements that array broaden their reach to include other providers in their health neighborhood and overall community so the focus isn't just on primary care and behavioral health but will include uh, specialty care long-term services and supports um, social uh, social service providers um, and, and other type ancillary providers and supports. Uh, it's our belief that sometimes getting our members the social services and supports they need can be the most cost-effective way addressing healthcare needs.
1: So you've talked a little bit about individual members, and I, I wanna dig a little bit deeper into what will it mean uh, for individual members, say in Aurora or in the San Luis Valley, what will be different about their interaction with health first colorado which of course is the the name for colorado's medicaid program Uh, what will be different about their interaction with that program or with their doctor as we move into phase two
2: that's a very good question for the most part there may not be a lot of changes for our members Um, Those who already have a primary care provider or a behavioral health provider will continue to receive care from those providers. um, And it will be business as usual for the most part. Um, They'll have access to the same covered benefits um, and choice of providers. For those members who are new to Medicaid, um, or have not been connected to primary care, the process will be different in that they will be automatically enrolled in the program and assigned to a primary care provider, even if they don't have a history with a primary care provider yet. This will facilitate them getting connected to the program more quickly. Um, we also have new uh, processes and requirements in place that will help the Ray identify clients Uh, that may have unmet needs, um, such as our health needs survey and some population health management requirements that we've added. These policies are intended to uh, facilitate increased outreach to members by the Rays.
1: So I imagine that we may have some providers that are listening to this podcast, doctors, hospitals, primary care practices, behavioral health professionals. What will be different for providers in phase two of the ACC?
2: Um, Again, somewhat like clients, um, there are a lot of things for our providers that, that won't change. Medicaid will still cover the same benefits, we'll provide clients a choice of provider, and we'll pay for medical services in much like we pay for them now. One change is that all providers um, in the primary care network and behavioral health network will need to contract with our new regional organizations um, So there's a new contract process that they'll need to go through but we've stream- streamlined the contracting for our primary care providers so that each primary care practice location only has to contract with one regional entity rather than multiple entities across the state Behavioral health providers, however, will need to continue to contract with multiple rays as we require our rays or regional organizations to have statewide behavioral health networks.
1: And you mentioned other providers like long term services and supports or um, social services agencies or local public health agencies. What who will they be contracting with?
2: This is another area where um, providers may not see a lot of changes in that Medicaid pays for its physical health care services on a fee-for-service basis. So hospitals, long-term service and support providers still need to be Medicaid-enrolled providers and will bill the department for the services they provide. We've just added requirements to the RAE where we want them to work with those providers and coordinate care for our clients across those systems.
1: So let's move to talking about particular concepts or initiatives or ideas that are happening as part of phase two that you think the listeners would like to know about. What, what's really innovative or what do you think of in terms of uh, particular initiatives that, uh, that may be of interest?
2: um there are a few key concepts that we've uh attempted to emphasize more in the second phase of the program uh the first i've already mentioned and is fairly basic but it's the idea of uh, integrating the administration for both physical and behavioral health under one entity We've had a very successful behavioral health carve-out program for more than 22 years in our state. So this is a big change for Colorado Medicaid. um, And we're really excited to see how bringing physical and behavioral health together can improve the outcomes for our members and increase access to behavioral health services for those who haven't accessed them in the past.
1: And a carve-out, could you explain a little bit about what that means?
2: Yes, um, basically our behavioral health program was a a sort of self-contained program where we paid for services on a capitated basis and contracted with managed care organizations so it was a comprehensive program but really self-contained and not managed by um, and or managed by entities other than the managed care organizations on the physical health care side I see um, another concept uh, that I believe I also mentioned is that of the health neighborhood and the broader health community. Um, there are two key concepts that will be part of phase two. We. Our program is built on a medical home foundation, those uh, providers that are the focal point of care for our members, and we're really taking that a step further um, by asking the raise to engage a broader health neighborhood. Um, many uh, Medicaid members have complex healthcare needs and uh, complicated um uh, life situations, and so being able to coordinate and, and provide more than just comprehensive primary care is really important to these individuals, and that concept of neighborhood and community helps the raise bridge systems in uh, treating individuals. The other concept that I would mention is that of population health management. Uh, we've added requirements for our regional organizations to create population health management strategies, to stratify their population, and to identify specific interventions for their entire population. This is to ensure that there are appropriate interventions for individuals across the spectrum, not just those with high healthcare needs. We also want to engage healthy members and and keep them healthy and have access to primary care and preventative care.
1: Let's talk a little bit more about the Regional Accountable Entities or the RAIS. They are such an essential part of the Accountable Care Collaborative in in phase two and there's a number of different types of organizations that are operating the RAIS and I was wondering if you just had any high-level observations about the fact that there are such different organizations running the Rays.
2: You know, when we were first designing the program, we actually thought about this and whether you just have one entity come in and and manage the state Medicaid program across the whole state or not. Um, And we identified that we had many key partners in the state and that we wanted to create an opportunity Um, for as many of those partners that were interested in engaging and contracting with Medicaid to be part of this program and so we divided the state up into seven regions and we put out a a procurement to try to contract with uh, seven different organizations one for each of those regions and in the first phase as well as the second phase um, we did award contracts to a variety of organizations. And we feel that that's uh, part of the richness and the value of the program. Um, In Colorado, you know, our geography is very, Uh, is varied Um, and so having one entity that does care the same way you might do in the metropolitan area versus in the rural areas or the mountains uh, doesn't necessarily make sense and so this regional approach and having a variety of organizations contracted with the state uh, really does make sense and then they are able to work with their local communities to figure out what works best in that area.
1: So, you mentioned the first phase, ACC phase one, and what were some of the lessons learned from phase one or some of the successes from phase one that you'd point to?
2: Well, I've mentioned that, you know, we designed the program to be iterative um, and that the idea was to pick a starting point and then evolve from there. I think. Um, the lesson we've learned is that this set strategy has actually served us well um, and that there are many areas where we were on point and headed in the right direction. So those items have become our building blocks, and now we're taking a number of those policies and initiatives to the next level. There are several examples. The most basic example is that we started with a focus on primary care, a single area, one component that we were able to focus on and attempt to cause as little disruption as possible while also moving the system forward. Um, that has been a good strategy for us and now we are expanding to behavioral health and reaching out to the broader community. Another uh, concept that um, has been part of our lessons learned is that concept of a medical home as the foundation of our program. We found that by encouraging members to have a focal point of care, um, that that has been successful and they have received more preventative services and we've had indications that outcomes are improving. And so we have expanded that concept to ensure that all our clients have a focal point of care immediately and that provider our providers, our medical homes, meet enhanced medical home standards. There are many other lessons I think we've learned from that we're building on, such as tying payment to value and incentivizing performance, Continuing to build on the regional aspect of our program and to try to formalize the lessons that are learned out in the field and local communities Um, We've learned lessons about the importance of care transitions for our members and tried to build in uh, More requirements into our contract related to that and we've also learned that in some areas there's a greater need for Transparency and accountability in the program and so we've also um, added in requirements there.
1: You mentioned transparency and accountability. This is the Accountable Care Collaborative. Is there an example or two uh, of changes that were made around those two areas that you'd point to?
2: Sure. A couple things come to mind. One is um, payment to providers. We've increased our emphasis on value-based payment. We've also given more authority and flexibilities to the regional organizations themselves to make those administrative or incentive payments to providers so that they can actually um, incentivize activities uh, that result in improved health outcomes and reduce costs. Um, An other area um, that we've um, added more transparency and accountability is in terms of financial reporting um we have increased our requirements where the raise now that they're managing both physical and behavioral health we really want to understand what they're doing with those funds that the department pays them and so we have a rigorous process where we work with our financial office and going through all their financials and understanding uh, where their money goes and how they're paying their providers there's also in the behavioral health program there had been Um, perceived conflicts of interest as providers and managed care organizations work together to deliver care. And so we've added requirements to just increase transparency in terms of providers being accepted into the behavioral health network or um, the governance structure of organizations.
1: Well, thank you, Laurel, for joining us on the CHI podcast, and we look forward to seeing what's ahead for the Accountable Care Collaborative Phase 2.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks, Laurel, for joining us. She's Deputy Director of Colorado's Medicaid program, and she spoke with CHI's Jeff Bontrager. You can find the rest of our interviews with The Rays at coloradohealthinstitute.org podcast. We'll also include a link to our new paper, The Ways of The Rays, where you can learn more about the Accountable Care Collaborative. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at COHealthInst and find us on Facebook. Thanks for listening. I'm Jackie Zubricki with CHI.